0: this week's episode of the Westmead
1: Podcast, we conclude the series on the five solas. Today's episode, Soli Deo Gloria, for
0: the glory of God alone. Thanks for joining us on
1: the Westmead Podcast. Hello, Ben. Hello, Justin. Hey, buddy. So we're here. We are. We, we, we said we're going to study the five solas, and today is the last of the five solas. This is number five. Uh, and as we've talked about five solas, this is actually a soli. Soli. It's not sola, it's soli. It's soli deo gloria, which means
0: glory to God
1: alone. For the glory of God alone. Absolutely. And as we've walked through the five solas and we've unpacked, um, Grace alone, faith alone, scripture alone, Jesus alone. You know, today, as we talk about the glory of God alone, it's it's kind of the basket that all of them set in. Yeah. Um, because it's it's kind of, um, well, I, I'll let, we'll talk about that in a minute. If we could define soli de gloria, I've, I found this, I, I'm going to read this. Soli deo gloria, gloria, is a Latin term for glory to God alone, as you have said. As a doctrine, it means that everything is done for God's glory to the exclusion of mankind's self glorification and pride. Christians are to be motivated and inspired by God's glory and not their own. I think one of the key words that's used in that definition is motivated. Because when we talk about how we see God's glory and how we live out God's glory and how we reflect God's glory. It's the motivation behind what we do. Yes. Um we we're we're humans and we deal with selfishness because we deal with sin. And and sin is selfishness because we want to be the ones in charge and, and in control. Uh so when the motivation is about me, then it is not Soli Deo Gloria. Yeah. Um, but the idea behind Soli Deo Gloria is for the glory of of God, um, and, and if, as we've been talking about, you know, the five solas, including this one, came from uh, the Protestant Reformation uh, that was initiated by Martin Luther, John Calvin. Uh, I can't remember the other guy's name; it starts with a Z. But there was there was some really big names that kind of came together and said, "Hey, there's a real problem going on with how the church is representing Christ, yeah. because the church had gotten away from it." And we talked about that last week uh, when we talked about Christ alone. Uh, but when we talk about where does Soli Deo Gloria come from, um, I actually found a quote from, from John Piper. Uh, and, and I was going to share that uh, with you, uh, and you have it in front of you. Uh, but this, this just kind of sums up the purpose of Soli Deo Gloria in its original intent, as well as how we live it out today. He says, uh, John Piper says, The Protestant Reformation was a controversy with the Roman Catholic Church over how helpless we really are in our deadness and guilt, and therefore it was a controversy over what it took to give us life and to turn the heart of God from wrath to be 100% for us. And the answer of the reformers was that only grace could raise us from the dead, and only Christ could become our punishment and our perfection." And these two miracles of life from the dead and wrath removed could only be received as a gift through faith, not merited or earned. Also, that the entire transaction would lead ultimately to the glory of God alone. I love how he calls it that it's a transaction. When you. Put all the factors in place, and when you add them all together, when they're all merged and combined, it's a transaction that is for our salvation as a byproduct, but the main reason behind it is for the glory of God alone. Yeah, and, and we forget that. We forget that when we talk about, um, and too oftentimes, and, and and I have to be careful. You have to be careful as you lead. Uh, I think we all, in terms of leadership, and and I'm not talking about if you have a title. I'm talking about if you're actively living. The cross of Christ and the truth of the grace of Jesus and the love of God out, then you're in leadership because you're leading others to see Jesus in you. We have to be careful that we understand that even our salvation, we are the benefactors of our salvation, but the purpose of our salvation was for the glory of God. When we even look at Christ on the cross— We're the benefactors of that, and it was done for us, but the main reason God, Jesus, chose to do that and willingly laid down his life was to bring glory to God the Father. How did he bring glory to God the Father? Because God's desire was to make a way for mankind to be able to be once again in fellowship with him. Yeah, I I love that quote because,
0: you know, one of the things that we have talked about some throughout the last four episodes is... um, how each individual thing has its part, um, but uh, even in one of those or maybe a couple of them, uh, there was a distinction made or a, a point to be made to be, that was said of, you know, sometimes we see we we're we're talking about grace alone and then how are we talking about grace alone? If last week we talked about Christ alone and mm-hmm. how can you have so many alones? Right. Um shouldn't doesn't that it doesn't that contradict what alone means? Right. Um and, and You know, we did talk about the last week or so, or last um, few weeks or so, how each one of those were, they were alone from other things that we put in there. So faith, Mm -hmm. you know, it's separated where it's faith alone from works. Um, But that quote really does pull everything together to say each one of these things is a, a major role with the ultimate goal of... What we're going to talk about today, right? For the glory of God, and you know, one of the things I don't think we're great at sometimes is um, we we stay sort of surface level from the standpoint of it's we don't always do a good job of looking back and finding the true root of some of the maybe the issues we have or why something is the way it is, um, but we also don't go on the other end and find what the actual big picture is. That's a good and point. O- and so often we there is multiple layers as the root of uh, of something um but then the same is is for this and uh, we see these the four things we've talked about the last few weeks leading up to the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And that's not to diminish faith, that's not to diminish grace, it's certainly not to diminish Christ. But each one of those things played a role in in the bigger picture of why all that to bring God the glory yes. that he deserves. Absolutely. Everything funnels into that one ultimate goal. And if each of those are in their right place, if they are utilized how they should be, um, if we're... Giving glory to those things and the benefactors of those things, then ultimately that that will happen is God receives uh, the glory, and we'll talk later Absolutely. about how how that impacts us going forward.
1: And just like that definition was, shouldn't that be our motivation, Ben? I mean, shouldn't that be our number one motivation as an individual believer and as the church that congregates? should that not be the main focus of what we are doing is to bring God glory through our worship, through our own personal evangelism, through tithing and offering, through our service. I mean, isn't that the one purpose behind all of it? Uh, Absolutely. And and a reason I bring that up is because you can't overstate it enough that, hey, what we're doing today, what we're about, what we should be pursuing is for the glory of God. Now Mm. let's talk about what is the glory of God. Um, and you and I have kind of talked in a little bit about, you know, the motivation behind what we do is for the glory of God so that he gets the credit or he gets the recognition. But when we turn to the scriptures, we mm-hmm. see uh, we see kind of two illustrations, two examples of the glory of God. And, and it's not ironic that one uh, description of the glory of God in the Old Testament is kind of different than the description we see of the glory of God in the New Testament yes, uh, And then I, I believe That as we talk about To give God glory, to bring God's glory So that God's glory can be on display Through us, even that adds Another layer to it Are we talking about three different things here, Ben?
0: No um, it, The imagery It looks different um, But the Again, looking at the ultimate goal it There is Just one one ultimate goal there's there's sort of a visual and that's what we'll see some out of um mostly out of the old testament and, and some out of the out of the new but you when you read or see through in scripture in throughout the Old Testament when the glory of God is being referenced it's normally used in the context of people um, people seeing God yeah um, not like walking around, but and, and we'll look at some of these. And it'll make more sense in a minute. Yeah. But it, it's a it's a visual of being in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we point to the the New Testament, we're going to see it's more of an act at that point. Yeah. Is how it's how it's referenced.
1: Well, let me let me share a couple of these with you because I know we've talked about them. But in in Exodus twenty four verse seventeen. Actually, I'll back up to verse 15 of Exodus 24. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. Verse 17, to the Israelites the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. And this is exactly what you were just talking about. It's it's illustrated differently mm-hmm. um, in the sense that the Israelites from be, be, below the mountain looked up to the top of Mount Sinai and said, man, it looks like a pillar of fire has just descended upon the mountain. Yeah. Um, that's that's hard for us to try to wrap our minds around just the awesomeness of that. But that's exactly what we see here in the glory of God. There are times in the Old Testament where the glory of God is visible, such as in this case. Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, there are are things we're going to look at that the glory of God is visible. And then there's a lot of instances where the glory of God may not be tangibly visible. But in all three things, when we talk about the visibility of God's glory, whether it is physical, tangible visibility or a byproduct of, of an action, the idea has been whenever it is Seen it is on display, yeah, and that's our that we just talked about that's our motivation is for the glory of God to be on display in the Old Testament, before they had the physical example of Christ, God's glory being on display looked a little differently yes than, than it did after after Christ came. and we're going to see that in just a few minutes. That was in uh, exodus twenty four. If you flip over a few pages to Exodus chapter thirty three uh, let me get my my verse thirty three Um, it says here, I'll start reading in Exodus 33, beginning in verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. And verse eighteen, then Moses said, "Now show me your glory." What a bold statement!
0: Yeah, considering if you look back just a few chapters ago, um, how the glory of God was shown. Yeah, the presence of God was shown. It's it's a bold statement to say it was a pillar of fire.
1: Right. And show us again. Right. And 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 this is like on a much more personal level. Yeah. I mean, that's how hungry Moses was for the glory of God, that he would be bold enough to say, God, show, us, show me your glory. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a beautiful, it's a profound statement when, when we, the church, can say, God, show us your glory. Now, how we, again, post-Jesus is different than pre-Jesus, but it was still God's glory on display for others to see. Moses had a hunger to see God's glory. I pray that we, too, would develop a hunger to see God's glory on display, preferably through us, which comes through obedience and 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 our worship and our devotion and our pursuing the Lord daily. But we see, in these two instances in Exodus and in many others throughout the Old Testament, we see God's glory on display. We talked about, oh, I just, I just went blank, uh, but we talked about how um, there was a priest who couldn't go into the temple one time because oh, yeah. of God's glory. Like he physically couldn't go in because of... the God's yeah, glory.
0: The, the glory of God had filled the temple. Had
1: filled the temple, and we see that all throughout the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Once the temple is established and even the, the tabernacle that the the glory of God descended, the presence of God was the glory of God, and we just see this beautiful imagery and picture of the glory of God. Yeah. Um, now, we're kind of going a long, roundabout way, um, but we're trying to create connect the dots between the Old Testament example, because if somebody's just reading the Old Testament and they re- get that, like, showing me the glory of God, you know, when 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 God passed by Moses and he hid, hid him in the cleft of the rock and he said, no, you can look after I pass by because my glory is... He wanted to see... I mean, we see all of these things that you're like, well, well, soli Deo gloria, for the glory of God alone. Well, that looks different than it does now. Yeah. So let's fast forward to the New Testament specifically in Luke chapter two, where we kind of see a little bit of what we just experienced, but I think we're ultimately getting to what we now experience personally. And and in Luke Two is the birth account of Jesus. Yeah, this is kind of the last time that you see it like this. Right, right. And and when we were talking about talking about the glory of God alone and, and the glory of God on display, if you look in Luke two, there's two distinct passages that point to the glory of God. The first is is right there, I believe it's in, uh, yeah, it's in verse 9. In in Luke 2, Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem, and on that night, the time had come for Jesus to be born, she gave birth to Jesus. In verse 8, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Verse 9, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Which, if you go back to Moses saying, "Show me your glory," and and like you alluded to a few chapters beforehand, they saw the glory of God, and it was it was terrifying. Yeah, and and even when they're at the bottom of Mount Sinai, that we looked in Exodus twenty-four, looking up, like they saw, as like look like a pillar of fire resting on the top of the mountain. That's that's kind of scary, you know. Uh, if it's four o'clock in the afternoon here in Decatur, and The skies turn black and the wind starts blowing. I mean, we get a little nervous because we know a storm's coming. And they were looking at a pillar of fire resting on Mount Sinai saying, oh, that's the glory of God. Moses saying, show me your glory. And here we see the, the shepherds see an angel and the glory of the Lord shone around about. It says they were terrified. Yeah. Uh, which is which is awesome. And then the, the, the angel delivers the message, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news for great joy for all people. Today in the t- David town of David, a Savior has been born to you. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby. Uh, and then if you drop down on the verse 13 in Luke 2, it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Mm-hmm. You keep reading in that account, and you see that they went to see Jesus, and they said, and it, and it says very distinctly uh, in, in verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child. And then in verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the first time they hear it, they're terrified. Yeah because an angel was there the glory of the lord shone round about them and they were terrified but when they went and experienced what that was what that was on display which is the physical embodiment of God himself in Jesus they didn't walk away terrified they walked away celebrating and glorifying god yes they ex- witnessed the glory of God. They saw the glory of God on display, and because of that, and because of their obedience to that, they in turn became those who were displaying the glory of God by how they were leaving there, worshiping. How does this connect the dots from Old Testament, terrifying, physical, to what we experience of the glory of God today?
0: Well, I, I think it goes back to purpose. And that's one of the things that I know we'll, we'll spend a little time on, but when you look at what is the purpose of the the glory of God, really the first thing that comes to mind is you you see God one when, when, when he's referenced in the old testament in these in these passages um they are they are witnessing God and mm-hmm. seeing his glory. Um, they are seeing the, the majesty, the power, um, all the other adjectives to describe what they were, were seeing. Um, but then we go back to, okay, so what is the, the purpose of the, the glory of God? Why is that something that we, we focus on? Um, and really one of, the, one of the verses that comes to mind is actually the, the theme for our music ministry um David's verse and, and sort of the 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 mantra of mm-hmm. what our, our music ministry is all about and it comes from the passage where um you know Jesus is there uh, and and the the lady comes and breaks the jar of perfume and it says that the, the 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 fragrance filled the place for all to experience and that's sort of what the, um you know the mantra for our music ministry is yeah. is when When we respond to God, mm-hmm. there is an aroma that that fills the place, and ultimately, by us showing the purpose the whole purpose of us showing God the glory that He deserves one it's for us that should be our response right He deserves that from us, but th- an additional product of that is people seeing the glory of God through us mm-hmm. um, by that lady falling at the feet of Jesus and breaking that jar, she in that moment was showing the the honor and the reverence, the thankfulness um, falling before, on her face at the yeah. feet of Jesus, giving him what he deserved. But at the same time, the house was filled. right, And that experience wasn't just between her and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone else that was in that presence saw what was taking place and for some of them um, for for all of them they smelt what the the fragrance of the perfume that was poured out but for some of them they would have had to see Jesus in a whole new light and even more powerful kind of place in the on the seat that he deserves to be right. sitting on and so, uh, you know, this, this goes back to, to purpose.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you're right because there is a purpose for the glory of God. And, and it's when, it, when you put the context of the purpose of the glory of God in humanity's context, it is to draw men unto Himself. Mm-hmm. Just like we saw with the shepherds, the glory of God shone, they were initially terrified. But I love what the angels when the choir showed up when the when the, suddenly there was a host uh, of the of the heavenly host that, that and they started declaring glory to God in the highest and and, and we start and, right there and how that
0: how that um, verse finishes
1: exactly because of glory to God in the mm-hmm. highest, then peace on yeah. earth to those on whom his favor rests because there's a product of the glory of God. yes the glory of God is exalting and it is worshipful. But there is a product of that that trickles down because the glory of God is so majestic and so amazing, and so the magnitude of it that when you are ushered into the presence to give God glory, then then you experience the benefits. The uh, if you're pouring a liquid in a cup and it just starts, you keep pouring and the cup is full and it keeps pouring over. It's it's what's pouring out of that is is peace on earth on those who to those whose favor rest. We see shepherds who initially were terrified that became. Um, worshipers uh, of God, and not just worshipers, but the very first gospel missionaries, uh, Mm -hmm. when they went out from there and started telling everybody what they had seen, but also what they had heard. So their story wasn't, you need to go see this baby. It was, we were right out there in the fields, and you're not going to believe what happened. Uh, And of course, you know they were saying, these angels started saying that the glory to God in the highest, and we saw that because that's who Jesus was. He was yes. the embodiment of the glory of God, and that's what Jesus did. That's what His life reflected was, you know, I'm here to bring my Father glory. Uh, that was his, that was His purpose uh, in that. And we we look in John chapter fourteen. Um, there's a there's a passage in John fourteen um, when Jesus is talking about the way to God and. Um, Thomas said to him earlier in that chapter, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Uh, how do we know the way? And that's when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But but if you drop down a little bit further in John chapter 14, uh, beginning of verse 12, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And verse 13, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Yeah. Again, why is the Father being glorified in the Son? Because it's drawing men to the Father. It's drawing all men unto Himself because God's desire is to have fellowship with His creation. We don't deserve it. And we talked about that in grace and faith alone. Um, but we see an uh, overwhelming, loving God pursuing us. And in order to do so, he's showing us his glory is on display, and we're compelled by that. Well, actually, not all of us. You're either compelled to the invitation to be ushered into the presence of the glory of God, or you reject that. Mm-hmm. You're either compelled or you're... I'm going for alliteration. I can't think of a C <laughs> word right now. You're you're disgusted by it, and, yeah. and you turn away from it. So... Um, but that's that's the per- what you're talking about the purpose uh, of God cuz it's just it's more than just showing god respect it's more than just uh you know oh, oh you yeah, have well, I did this because you know god gets his dues in my life it's more than that yes it, it's it,
0: far more than that one because when when you talk about why we even give god glory and especially when you take this and you start backtracking it to um Grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone, and you start thinking about the the first four of these solas mm-hmm. it puts you in a a perspective where you under you understand and maybe for some people for the very first time, but for a lot of us we're just we're reminded all the all that had to be done why it was done, so that we could even have a chance. Right. Faith and grace and Christ, the the ultimate sacrifice that Christ paid— but then our response in faith god's response in giving grace to those mm. who do not deserve it right when when we even get to this point where we talk about giving god the glory it it is so much more than a well, you know, I just I just kind of think he deserves it sometimes, or you know, it's it's God, it's the yeah. it's the big guy upstairs, oh, gosh. and yeah, which makes me want to run my head through a wall. But <laughs> you start looking at these things and, and and you it puts you in the right perspective. And when we put our place and put ourselves in the place that we deserve, mm-hmm. and we realize as a follower of Jesus where we're at and what we have, we. We did nothing. Yeah. But yeah. because of the goodness of God, because of what Jesus was willing to do to fulfill the will of God, mm-hmm. and us believing those things, it draws us out of death yeah. and despair and hopelessness mm. and shame. And it brings us back into a place where peace is now yes. on earth.
1: It's obtainable.
0: Yes. But but it was all because of what God did. Exactly. And that's why he deserves glory. And in, in Jude it says he is able to present you before a holy God blameless. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's not us right that is in jesus and so when we talk about why we want why god deserves the glory that we give it is multifaceted but it's because of our uh, where where we deserve to be but what we
1: have yeah um because well, you, of him you mentioned it's about perspective perspective leads mm-hmm. to posture yes you know the glory of god and understanding having a healthy perspective of the glory of god leads us to the posture of worship mm-hmm. um let me ask you a question, Ben. Uh, so Cooper is, is – he'll be five. Yeah, no, he's is he's five. He, no, he's,
0: he's four and a half.
1: Okay, he'll be five in February. Yes. Um, so let's just – fictitious story. Let's say Cooper is in front of the house playing in the street, having him a great time, and you, you turn away for half a minute. Okay, half a second because you wouldn't turn away for <laughs> half a minute. You're a good father. <laughs> um, you turn away for half a second. And here comes a car that you don't see coming. Mm -hmm. And when you turn around, you see this car headed right for your four-year-old son. And before you have a chance to respond, there's no time. You know there's no time for you to get there. But out of nowhere, Terrence comes sweeping across the street and just grabs Cooper up and literally dives out of the way just when that car was about to hit him.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Would you just kind of shake Terrence's hand to give him a high five and be like, "Man, that was a sweet dive." Here's <laughs> that's, would, that's movie quality worthy. Yeah. Is no. that, I mean, is that it? would you would you go it a little bit more than that? Absolutely. Would you be like, "Man, here's twenty bucks that that means a whole thanks a lot, dude. Thanks a whole lot." No, because he would deserve he would deserve everything. You would have t shirts with Terrence's face on yeah. it, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I couldn't
0: promote Terrence anymore. Why? I couldn't elevate him to the place where he probably deserves to be. Why? because of what he had
1: done he did something that i could not do that could never be repaid yeah and you would if every chance you got for the rest of your life abby the same probably cooper when he got old enough to realize you would brag on terrence because of what he has done Mm -hmm. and you would point back to that day and be like you don't know how much it meant for what he did for my family yes that's in essence, that's giving him glory for something that he did that you couldn't do, that you could never repay. You would ne- I mean, like I said, you'd have T-shirts with Terence. You would, you'd be like, Terence, can I buy you lunch again today? Even though you've already had lunch, and I, buy, I paid for that one too. Can I buy you? A- you know, there would there would not be enough that you would want to do, out of gratitude, out of thanksgiving, all I, I, of it.
0: Yeah, nothing that I could do would match what he did. Correct, and so it would always be a. A continuation, yes, because of what he would have deserved.
1: And when people see you wearing the Terrence T-shirt, they're going to be like, "Why are you wearing that?" Because what are you put? You're putting on display the person who did something that you never could repay or do for yourself. Yeah. It, it's the attitude of it's. A, it becomes a lifestyle. When we talk about the glory of God and the glory of God alone, we recognize that there's absolutely nothing. We talked about this through faith alone and and grace alone. There's absolutely nothing we bring to the table. In that, in that transaction, in that equation, that the idea, the motivation behind everything we do is to give God glory and to bring Him glory. Why? So that people will know our story, and in doing so, seeing the glory of God on display in our lives, it draws all men to Himself. It draws men to God. Mm-hmm. It gives them an understanding, whereas they at first are terrified when the realization of who they are, once they encounter a, a true God that loves them the way that God loves them, then their life is transformed. And like the shepherds, they start off terrified and they leave and worship. The posture, the perspective changes and the posture changes Mm -hmm. uh, in that. So as we talk about these connecting points, talking about the purpose of the glory of God, we see that it leads us to something. In Philippians uh, chapter 2, and it, this is an amazing passage of Scripture, Philippians 2, and I encourage anybody who hasn't read it recently, much less ever, to go and, and study it. But in 9 through 11 it says, Paul writes this, he says, Therefore God exalted him, him being Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why?
0: To the glory of God the
1: Father. To the glory of God the Father. That our ability to give God glory happens in our worship of the essence, the embodiment of God's glory in Jesus. They worshiped God because of the glory that was on display in the Old Testament, and we do the same New Testament and beyond because the glory of God on display was Jesus that transforms and saves, which is why we Mm -hmm. studied last week Jesus Christ alone. Uh, when we talk about the solas, but let, let's let's take it one step further. We've talked about you know what is it. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. It's a little different, but it's very much connected. We see it's it's kind of how it um, shifts and impacts humanity throughout the course of history. But let's talk about today. Let's talk about where we are right now. Uh, and obviously, when we talk about the church, we're talking about the church that. Professes to follow Jesus Christ as Lord, but I want us to kind of hone in on just the American church, the society we're in, the, the culture we're in, because this, this idea of soli deo gloria, uh, the glory to God alone, and we were talking about this yesterday, man, it is, it is attacked. It, it is in danger, it's not in danger, it'll never go away because the glory of God will never fade nor lose its luster. But the American church in this, in this day and age is turning its gaze from the glory of God and putting it on more tangible things, which is why the early uh, Reformers included it in their Reformation when they were talking about how the glory of God, because back then, and we're kind of in that danger part right now, man was getting glory. Mm-hmm. What we could do was getting our deeds were getting glory. We were we were giving glory to all these things. We're doing the same thing, kind of. We're doing the same thing right now. Uh, how do you see in in today's society, the American church? How do you see that we're getting away from this concept of solely deo Gloria?
0: Well, I and this isn't like a social media soapbox or something, but we do have to look at the things that are going on around us and how that impacts us. Hmm. Um, you know, we don't we don't always realize how things are shaped, um, the things that we're drawn to or the emphasis that we place on things. Um, we don't realize how those things tweak and change. If you look at it, it's it's the same thing and why. Wallpaper is the biggest thing, and then all of a sudden it starts to fade, and now everybody's painting. And who would ever want wallpaper? Well, if you loved wallpaper, then why did ten years later you just love paint? No, it's not because you changed your view on it. It's because a mm-hmm. shift was made, and you're trying to keep things up to date, so right. to speak. And then now it starts swinging back around, and you can look at styles and things like that. And just as a, as an example of how things just sort of slowly transition in and transition out, and our view of those things change we We go from loving something to hating something yeah. and out and i so I, I want us to, to think about that and kind of wrap our mind around that for a second, because that same thing happens because of how how visible things are around us. Um, if we're really glued into some of these things, then we're watching sort of transformation happen and things coming in and out, and and we we need to realize how our thoughts are shaped because of those things, right? And so you look into a an era of life when everything is accessible, so. Um, from the most popular speakers, the most popular worship leaders, the most pop- popular conferences. Mm-hmm. There's figureheads that are placed, and that's always been the case. So it's not like this is something we've we got to figure out how to how to manage that um, because no one's ever had to before. Um, we're, we're not coming up with something for the very first time, but we do have to realize how much we are exposed to those things uh, that didn't used to be that that way and and when when we accept that and we recognize that then we know we have to be on guard a little bit more because of how that impacts us and that's that's sort of what we see now is you know when when you're planning a trip a a student trip or a, a kids camp or what you're what your people are going to be part of, a men's conference, a women's event. It is it's so easy to not just plan something based on a time that you could get the most people there. Um, but far more than often, we're we're far more concerned about who's going to be speaking there yeah. and who's going to be leading worship there. And we would pick a time... That fewer people could go if it meant we got to go see these, rather than you know picking a time when everyone might be able to make it. But uh, I don't really, I don't know that person, or they aren't the the newest thing. And I know I'm, I'm I sort of dragged that out to, but to say that's what we see in the American church now is there's there's a I bet if you ask people today, students, young adults especially, to start naming off some key people, mm-hmm. they would do in, in music and in uh in, in speaking and different things like that, there would probably they would probably do a much better job than if you asked that question fifty or sixty years ago. It's true. And it's it's not that there wasn't as good of quality then it's just the amount of exposure that people had yes there yes. were some some figureheads um, but they weren't on your social media news feed three times right. a day right and so we there's such a popularity that goes along with that and i don't think that we realize we are even to that place yes very much but it's because we we don't think a lot on how we are shaped Mm-hmm. And, and we don't recognize that, and so we're not careful of it. Right. And that's how you get to some of these. I don't, I don't know a whole lot of people that just wake up one day and go, you know what, um, there's a whole lot of people that I could listen to who would really bring a lot of spiritual growth, but they, they don't have the coolest name, or they're not at the most hip church, and so I'm really not going really to give them that much attention. Exactly. We, we don't just wake up one day and decide that. Right. That's a shift that takes place. Sure. That is a transition that And it's by what's happens. going on around us. And it, yeah. yes, because of our exposure to, to, to things, and it, we are shaped by that. Yeah. And one day, if we're not careful, we wake up with that mentality, and at that point, it's no longer about just our spiritual development. Mm-hmm. It is about... We want whatever spiritual growth we'll get, and we we hope for that. But we want just whatever we'll get from from this person, exactly. In this group, and that's which where, means they are elevated now. Right,
1: they are the central focus, and that's where we compromise the glory of God alone. I, I'm all about the glory of God alone, as long as I hear it from so and so and so and so. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. all about you know when it comes to musical worship, man, I really just get to. Give God glory as long as so and so and so and so is singing it. Yes. and're and we, we, we're, now we're splitting that. We're trying to give associate the glory of God with something tangible, something man-made, something that we like. We love this speaker or pastor. We love this band or this um, movement. Uh, of, of worship music or we love when it happens in this context or it only is going to take place at, at camp or it's only going to take place at a men's conference or it's only going to take place at the women's retreat. We can try to isolate and focus God's glory because we're getting away from the idea that it should motivate us in all things. Yes. Uh, and, and that's the danger in it. And, and you, you were talking about uh, there's a very clear example in scripture that you brought up when we were talking about this. Do You remember?
0: Yeah, it's um Acts 9, I believe uh is where it is and it's Simon the sorcerer. Hmm. You see the, you see God's people in the the early church and they're they're going out and I don't have it up right here in front of me, but you see this guy walk up to them and say
1: Yeah, because they're doing amazing yeah, things in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. they're
0: performing miracles. They People are being amazed. They are seeing demons cast out. They are seeing all sorts of things. And this man walks up to them and says, "Chapter eight,
1: Acts eight. I'm sorry.
0: Um, and and so you know he walks up to him and and asks. Now it starts in verse nine. That's uh, my brain's. Yep. my brain's a mess. Um, I'll just read some of this. It says, "But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed people of." Uh, of Samaria, and he was saying that he himself uh, was somebody great and mm-hmm. then it goes and says that people pay great attention to him and and so then um, jumping down. Now, when Simon saw that the Holy Spirit was given through the laying uh, of hands on the apostles' hands, he offered them money saying, give me this power also so that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now, um, that would be a good thing. However, if you look a few verses before that, you look about his motivation. Right. It was all, everything he wanted to do. He wanted to do amazing things so that people would see him doing amazing things. Yeah. And and so that's how quickly this shifts to, you know, th- this man was, he was experiencing and, and seeing the power yeah. of God on display, and his ultimate goal was— Somebody lay hands on me so that I can do that because I want to go back to verse 9. I want people who see me mm-hmm. to be amazed
1: by me. Yeah, and look what he said. What give, I'm doing. give me yeah. this power. Yes. Yeah, and, that's, and that's, that's where we're in the danger of is that we're and not necessarily that we're hungry for it, although people are, but we're eager to give the glory of God to people. And, and we miss out on that. And 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 some people uh, are wolves in sheep's clothing, and they desire just like Simon, he mm-hmm. wanted that recognition. But some people, um, you know, they they don't have that hunger, but they're naturally giving that platform because of their abilities or because of what God's done in their life. And and we've seen the we've seen the contrast. We've seen the people that. God establishes a platform and they use that platform to give glory to God. And then we see people who are pursuing that platform mm-hmm. uh, because they want to, as a show, give glory to God, but they're doing it in front of everybody else. Another passage yeah, that really we see the, that... the
0: byproduct is God receiving glory. Exactly. Th- their motivation is all about themselves.
1: Exactly. And they're going to stand mm-hmm. and give an account for that. You talked about, um, you know when Jesus talked about the hypocrites that stand out on the street corner and shout their prayers, he said, "Don't be like them." Yeah, he said, "God's getting the glory for that, but be like the person who goes and hides himself in a closet and brings his prayers and petitions before the Lord in secret, um, because the Lord really enjoys this that richness of the fellowship that happens in that moment than the than the facade." Yeah, um, and Jesus even addressed this when he was teaching the disciples how to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he says, "Hey, th- this is this is this is how you pray, our Father." who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, mm-hmm. your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the idea that right out of the gate, if you're going to acknowledge God, if you want to pursue the glory of God, then make it all about God yes. and pursue him for his glory. Pursue him and let it be glorified by who he is and by what he chooses to do in and through us. And then later on you see in that passage um, – yeah, that that prayer, the only thing they asked for for themselves
0: was the food that they would need to sustain life and characteristics or, or help, assistance yeah. in areas that bring them closer to God. Absolutely. It was not a personal gain, anything. It is, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. Help us to forgive others of their sins. Mm-hmm. Help us in times of temptation because why we don't when we're tempted when we sin it separates us from god and the glory of god is not on display so even even the personal the last half of that prayer the the personal side of -hmm. that prayer is still not not selfish or prideful and that's where you see so often if what we talked about at the very beginning Finding the root of these things, mm-hmm. the root of so so often of God not receiving our glory in the way that he should um, f- with the motivation that he deserves right is because of self yeah there it's not that we just don't want to give God glory, it's that we desire to be known to mm. give God glory, <laughs> yeah um yeah. there's there's a selfishness and a pridefulness yeah. that comes in our core, at our heart, and you know there's nothing we can do to to just get rid of that forever. That's but right. we have to watch for that
1: because that prayer ends for yours is the kingdom, mm-hmm. the power, the glory, and the glory forever, forever, Amen. Uh, which is why Paul, and just to kind of pull wrap all this up, Paul says in First Corinthians ten thirty one, whatever you do, whether you eat or you drink. Do it all for the glory of God. May the glory of God be the only thing that motivates you. And whatever you do, Give it, have that opportunity to give God glory for it. Because in essence, because of who He is, we're able to do these things and be who we are. Yeah. Uh, and we should constantly seek the um, the ability to give God glory for who He is and for what He's done. Ben, mm-hmm. I appreciate your time. You know, that kind of wraps up our, our Five Solas series. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be gearing up for another series soon. Uh, so, for those who are joining us, whether it's be a video or audio, uh, you'll be hearing about our next step. We're going to take a week in preparation and getting everything ready, uh, and then you'll we'll go from there. So, thanks for your time. Uh, for do you me. mind praying for us as uh, as we close? Yeah, let's pray, God. We thank you, um, God, for who
0: you are. Well, we're we're grateful to be. In your presence, we're grateful for all that you have done for us. God, I I, I do pray. I pray that we are a people who constantly reminds ourselves of who we are at our core, but who you are and what you've done for us. And God, may that help us to keep the right mindset in um, what we do and how we do it and why we do it. So that it's not about us. It's not about elevating ourselves. It's not about anyone thinking that we are something. Because God, we are a mess. We are a wreck. Our heart is sinful and wretched and we are born into this earth, separated from you, hostile towards you. Because of your goodness, because of your grace, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we can be presented blameless before you. And so, God, I pray that we remind ourselves of that often. And let that help us that in all things we truly, in motivation and in action, give you the glory that you deserve so that we have you in the right place, but so that also others may see your glory as well. God, we love you. We're thankful for the ways that you love us, the way that you have shown us your love. And all the ways that you watch out and protect us and care for us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for your time, bud. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us on the Westmead
0: Podcast. To learn more information about Westmead Baptist Church, go to westmeadbaptist.org.